Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is part two of our series, Faith Without Walls, from Pastor Omar, in this message called Fireproof Faith. Now, this message is all about how um, our faith is meant to go through trials, to grow. Um, the adversity that we face is actually meant to refine our faith and to make it stronger. And so um, w- there's purpose in, in the pain. And so, man, this message is really good. Uh, man, just super challenging. Um, I hope you're blessed and encouraged by this. Come on, give him a praise today. Hallelujah. Well, we welcome you to Praise Chapel today. And I'll tell you what, it's good to be in the house of God together. Hallelujah. Because there is nothing better than you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How many know there's nothing better than the Lord today? And so turn to your neighbor and say you're in the right place at the right time right now. Oh, come on, give God a praise today. I'm excited about this message. It's probably going to be my favorite message. And so um, I pray that it's your favorite message as you hear it today. As uh, there's so many things that I want to share with you today that I believe will help you, will benefit you, will encourage you, will strengthen you. Uh, We're going to talk about fireproof faith, all right? And thought of the book of James chapter 1. And there's a lot of interesting things that are invented today in order to protect us, a lot of inventions that have been tested and tried in order for us to uh, to be safe. A few of those things are, uh, uh, you know, sound, or or I should say shatterproof glass uh, that helps the public. Uh, There's also uh, puncture-proof tires to help you when you're driving. Uh, There's also uh, waterproof watches to help protect uh, your your. Uh, your valuable watch or your valuable phone or whatever you have. And they also have something called a fireproof suit. And uh, usually, uh, you know, they they last for a certain amount of time and fireproof blankets. And and all of these things are useful. All of these things are beneficial. But I believe the most important thing, the greatest need of the hour today is fireproof faith. We need to be able to have steadfast faithful, enduring faith through the storms of life, through the fiery trials that we deal with. And I'm going to talk about the storms of life because I know that there are a number of Christians, uh, of people that have walked away from their faith. And the question is, why have they walked away? Why have some Christians been disillusioned? Why have, been, why have there been some believers that have been discouraged And I believe there are several reasons, but many times it's because they've gone through some storms or they've gone through some trials or they've gone what we call through the fire. They've gone through some things that have uh, uh, caused a lot of pain and caused a lot of hurt in their life. And they've experienced some suffering. They've experienced some disappointment. They've experienced some heartache. Maybe a loved one that has passed away. Maybe a dream that they had uh, never took place. Uh, Maybe there's been some rejection or betrayal. Uh, Things that they hoped for didn't come to be. And the problem is when you go through the fire, we often wonder what the purpose is. We often even wonder, has God given up on our lives? And there have been probably thousands of people uh, that have experienced this, that, that they wonder what's going on. And I just want to say that maybe God is upgrading our faith to be fireproof. Hallelujah. 
Maybe these trials and these battles of life that we're experiencing. And I understand many times we say, well, can God spare us from these trials? Can God spare us from these battles? Yes, he can. But oftentimes, uh, he allows us to go through them because when we have fireproof faith, uh, it allows us to go through the fire and to become better than we were. And in fact, when you read the book of James, it's actually a manual, I should say, for every Christian. If you want to know how to live like a Christian, read the book of James. If you want to know the manual for your life, and I know the entire Bible, but I'll tell you one key book that will help you is the book of James. And I love the book of James because this guy doesn't warm up in his letter. Have you ever got a letter from someone or a letter of rejection from somebody or uh, someone is, is telling you goodbye or cutting the relationship or even a rejection letter from college or whatever, and it starts, uh, we just appreciate the fact that you did this, and they go through all this thing, and then finally at toward the end, but unfortunately, and they just let you, let you have it. Well, James doesn't waste any time. He drops the bomb right on you. I love the way James does it because he doesn't go through the preliminaries. He doesn't go through this large introduction. He basically, if you read the book of James, you don't need to read it now, but James chapter 1, verse 1, he introduces himself and says, hey, this is James, and then he goes right into verse number 2, and this is what he said, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. So, Father, we thank you today for the word of God. We thank you that your word is true, that your word is relevant, that it applies to 2020, that it's not ancient. It's not an ancient book, God, that we can't relate to. But, God, your word is very relevant in today's time. And, God, it applies to every area of our lives. I pray that you would open our hearts. Remove every distraction because, God, there's things that can get away in the way of our mind and our way of thinking. And, Lord, even our telephone, God, can be a distraction. And, and Instagram and Twitter and texting, God. Lord, help us to focus. Help us to give you our 100% undivided attention. And, God, let us receive the word into our heart. And I, Father, I pray as I preach the word uh, that your anointing, Lord, would be upon every word that I speak and the people would hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. So how would you like to get a letter where somebody says, Man, I just want to tell you today, problems are coming. Basically what he says, that heavy problems are coming, but be of good cheer. Amen. Basically be happy. And this is exactly what... James is saying, he's saying, consider it pure joy. He said, yeah, basically, uh, know that you're going to face some trials, but you need to be excited. You need to be joyous about it uh, because I believe your attitude is determined by your understanding. See, the more you understand, the more you'll begin to adjust your attitude. When I see Christians' attitude about things, uh, is that you lack understanding of what God's doing. 
You lack understanding of God's word. You lack understanding of what God is doing in the spiritual realm. And rather than thinking of it in a positive way, in a developing way, we have a negative aspect or attitude about things. And so I want you to write this down today as we start and go right into this message because I'm just going to drop the bomb on you, okay? I'm just going to do the same thing. And so here's a couple of facts of life that you just need to know. So I'm going to talk about a couple of things that you just need to know right off the bat without any, you know, any preliminaries. You just need to know this. These are facts of life. And so you can write this down, facts of life. Number one, problems are unavoidable. Problems are inevitable. In other words, you're going to have problems. Problems are a part of life. The Bible says, uh, uh, count it all joy whenever you face problems. He doesn't say if you encounter a problem. He says whenever. And if you don't encounter a problem, if you don't have a problem, uh, then you better check your post because you're not alive. Every person that I know is going to face some kind of problem. Even Jesus said in this world, you're going to face tribulation. So if Jesus said it, it's going to happen. Even Peter says, you know what? When these trials come upon you, don't be surprised. You can count on it. Problems are not an elective in life. They are a required course. If you ever take college or you ever taken, uh, gone to school, they'll tell you these are your electives, you, these are the choices, whether you want it or not. But no, these are required courses. And I want to say to you as the believer, one of the required courses is you're going to have trials. You're going to have problems. There are going to be issues. Uh, it, it's not about, well, you know what? Is there a way that I can get out of these problems? Nobody is immune. And usually they show up uninvited. Usually the problems show up. It's not something you need to even pray about trials. I met someone that said, yeah, I pray. For, I, when I first got saved, I prayed for trials. You're a fool. Trials are coming. <laughs> They're coming. You don't need to pray about it. You don't need to pray for more trials. They're coming. There's a book written by a, 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 a guy by the name of Scott Peck. And, and uh, he was... Uh, he had some Christian background and different things, and he talks about, uh, there's a book that he wrote called The Road Less Traveled, and the first sentence in the book is, life is difficult. Life is difficult. It's inevitable. You will have problems. You cannot avoid them. They're coming, and they, you already have them. Second thing, are you ready for this? Problems are unpredictable. Did you already guess that? You don't have any idea most of the time that they're coming. It isn't like God announces from heaven, uh, my son, uh, on January or July 27th, uh, you're going to have a problem. Uh, you're going to have uh, a flat tire. Uh, things are going to happen. You don't, they're unpredictable. I mean, the Bible says whenever you face problems, in other words, that word faith is the word used in Greek called peripedo, I believe is the way you, I could be corrupting the whole thing, but there's the Greek word. And it literally means to fall into unexpectedly. So whenever you face problems, he's talking about falling into 
unexpectedly like the good Samaritan when he fell into uh, among thieves or fell among thieves. It was unexpected. So trials, when you face trials, you're going to fall into something. It's usually not planned. It caught you off guard. It caught you by surprise. Uh, Trials are not planned. It's almost as if you fell into a hole or a ditch you didn't expect to fall into. This is how trials in your life are. They're unexpected and we seldom anticipate problems. They just come unexpectedly. You didn't realize they were coming. You can't even anticipate them sometimes. You can't even anticipate a bunch of problems and things happening in your life. And I want you to know if we did have warning of trials, if God did warn us of the battle that we're going to face and every trial that was going to come, we probably would run the other direction. And we would not benefit from the problem that God is allowing in our life. Because I want you to realize something. There are benefits to problems in your life. And you may be saying, no, there's not. I'm going to show you that very much. Many times you can. You can actually profit from your problems. You can actually prosper from your problems. You can actually grow and develop from your problems. Can you say amen? And so many times they're inconvenient. Many times problems are something that happens subtly. We didn't expect them to happen, but they do, and we have to face them. I was reading a story about a lady. She said that she had, uh, uh, she just, she wrote this. She said, my, uh, today she said, my friend had to take my cat who has the tumor to be put down when I wasn't home. And since I couldn't bear to take the cat myself, my friend took the cat for me. The problem is I have two cats. He took the wrong one. <laughs> that's, that's the problem. Are you with me? You're already going to lose one cat. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I don't even know if I should share, share this other one. Uh-huh. You guys want to hear this one? It's kind of, I don't know. I don't know what to say. But anyway, I'll, I'll read it to you. You can judge it later. This guy says, today I took the bus to work and a sweet old lady got on the bus and sat next to me. He was about halfway there. She fell asleep and her head was on my shoulder. I gently tried to wake her up before my stop, but I realized she wasn't sleeping. She had been dead for 30 minutes. That's a problem you didn't anticipate, right? That is a problem you did not anticipate. Things happen in your life that you did not expect. Number three, are you ready for this? There are many problems of many kinds. The problems come in many sizes and shapes. So that's the thing that uh, James is saying. They come in all shapes and sizes. It's not one size fits all. And one thing about problems is you'll never get bored. I mean, you're going to get bored with problems. I mean, problems will keep, keep you on your toes. And so these problems that come, they come in a a, a variety of sizes uh, and a variety of shades and colors, uh, so to speak. Have you ever tried to match uh, 
uh, a color paint in your in your home, uh, and it's usually they just can't get it right uh, because everything comes different. And I want you to realize today, as a believer, they come different size and shapes. Uh, they vary in intensity. They vary in variety. They vary in duration. How long they're going to be? And some of these problems that we face may be minor in what's going on in our life, but sometimes they could be a major crisis. They come in all kinds of sizes and comes, uh, uh, there's more than 31 flavors. Let me just say that to you. They come in all kinds of varieties in life. One man wrote this, into every life some rain must fall. But this is ridiculous. Have you ever felt that way? This is ridiculous. These problems just keep coming this way. And number four, again, this is things you just need to know about life. And I'm just going to drop the bomb again. Problems are purposeful. In other words, your problems many times have a purpose. We don't like to hear that. But believe it or not, pain can be productive. Believe it or not, pressure can produce something. Suffering can cause you to value your life a lot more. And there are three purposes I'm going to talk about right now that uh, problems will bring through your life. And this is where I'm going to get a little bit into how to fireproof your faith. Number one, problems will purify your faith. He talks about the testing of your faith. He talks about the testing and, and, and how it tests. And really what he's referring to is that of the testing of gold and silver. Whenever you heated up gold or silver, what they do is they heat it up to a certain temperature and to high intensity heat to remove the impurities to burn them off. In fact, 1 Peter said that really good, 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7, and they're going to be doing this class on PCBI on this. He says this, in this you greatly rejoice. Here's another guy talking about rejoices. Even though now it is for a little while. You have had to suffer various what? Trials, all kinds of shades and colors in order that the genuineness of your faith, which is what? More precious than gold that perishes, though it is tried by the fire, may be found to result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's a story of a woman who called. She wanted to... Uh, know a little bit about how they processed gold and how they purified gold. And so she called a goldsmith. This is back years ago. And she asked him, can I watch you work? She didn't mention the reason. And so uh, she went and, and the, 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 the goldsmith held a piece of gold over the fire and let, let it heat up. He explained that in the refining of gold... Uh, uh, one needs to hold the gold in the middle of the fire where the flames were hottest as to burn away the impurities. The woman thought about God holding us in such a hot spot that he sits at the refiner and the purifier of gold. She asked the goldsmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time the gold was being refined. The man answered yes. He not only had to sit there holding the gold, but he had to keep his eyes on the gold the entire time it was in the fire. He said if the gold was left even a moment too long in the flame, it could destroy him. 
So the woman was silent for a while, and she asked the goldsmith, well, how do you know when the gold is fully refined? He smiled at her and answered, it's easy when I see my image in it. See, God refines us because he wants to see his image in you. See, we, we like the image part, but we don't like the fire part. Hallelujah. We don't like the refining part because when trials come, they do purify us. It does remove things in our lives this morning that need to be out of our lives in order to develop us and mature us as believers. The other thing that uh, uh, trials bring or how the purpose of God comes through these problems is problems uh, fortify our patience. In other words, it develops our patience. The Bible says the testing of your faith develops perseverance. What he's talking about is staying power. What he's talking about, not passive patience, but enduring patience. Uh, uh, basically, the ability to hang in there. If you are going to last as a Christian, if you're going to make it as a believer, you're going to have to be tried through the fire and you're going to have to get through the other side or you're not going to make it very long. You're going to have to realize that these trials and battles of life are part of life, but they're also part of you developing and staying with God and persevering through the pressure because there's a lot of people that are trying to avoid pressure. The moment they get into pressure, you know what they do? They run the drugs. They run the alcohol. They run to Disneyland. They run over here. They run there. Because they're trying to run away from the pressure of life. They're trying to run away from their problems. And believe it or not, God uses problems in our life to teach us how to handle the pressure and not to never give up. Are you hearing me? I remember praying, God, give me more patience, man. And my problems got worse. You ever pray that prayer? When people pray that prayer, go, oh, man, don't pray that prayer. I'm telling you. Because when you start praying for patience, I want you to know there's going to be things that are come, going to come your way that are going to cause you to develop your patience. Traffic jam, line, uh, you know, grocery line, waiting period, all of these things. Uh, you're going to find out, man, my goodness, uh, what is causing all these problems? Because we're in an instant generation. We're in a microwave generation. We want everything quick and fast. I, I, I want you to realize that God's going to develop our patience. He's going to cause us to go through things to develop it. And usually it's the opposite of what you want. See, these problems sanctify our character. He said the testing of your faith produces perseverance that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. God's long-range goal his ultimate purpose is your maturity. You need to grow up. Tell somebody, grow up. In the Christian life, let me just tell you, in the Christian life, the bottom line is that you grow and develop and you're mature. Stop acting like a baby. Stop acting like a child. People have to keep telling you to do this and do that. You haven't learned to do right yet? You haven't learned how to mature a little bit yet? Oh, I'm preaching now. Hallelujah. So many Christians have no idea what God's doing in their life. They don't know what's happening, and they get overwhelmed with all of these problems. 
God's more interested in building character in your life than making you comfortable. We like comfort. We like ease. We want to kick back. And God is more, uh, more interested in building character in your life and building that in to help you mature because he knows you're going to face all of these issues and he wants you to become more and more like Jesus, more like him because Jesus was fatigued. Jesus went through problems. Jesus was tempted. He had to face discouragement, but Jesus was able to get through the other side. And friend, we need to be more and more like Jesus. Hallelujah. See, how do we do that? Through the word of God. Jesus said this, John 17, 17. I don't think they have the scripture. Sanctify them through the word. Uh, The word would make us more like Jesus. Uh, And so the word of God this morning is going to help us. The circumstances in life. There are so many Christians that I meet this morning that so many times they're wondering, uh, why is this happening to me? Does God love me? Does God, uh, am I a believer? Of course you are. He's working in your life. Let me read you this scripture that all of us know. Romans 8, 28, we know that all things work together for good if we love God and are called according to his purpose. So all the things, not that everything is good, but he's going to cause it for the good uh, that they work together those that love God and then look at the next scripture Romans 8 29 it says for whom he did foreknow he did predestine to become conformed to the image of his son so he wants us to become more and more like Jesus Uh, that is the destiny of what we're supposed to be uh, and we're supposed to begin to produce uh, the works of the spirit or the fruit of the spirit with his love joy, kindness, are you hearing me? Goodness, faithfulness, self-control. This is all happened this morning. How does that happen? Usually, if God is developing us to become more and more like him, he's going to put us in opposite situations to develop that. If you're praying for love, guess what? God's going to put you around some unloving people. What I prayed for love, exactly. You keep praying for that. He's going to put you more and more around unloving people. I pray God give me some more love. Okay. Guess what? There's going to be some hateful people around you. And you're going to have to learn to love them. And you're wondering why your coworkers, why these people. You kept praying for love. You got love the unlovable. That's real love. My goodness. Hallelujah. I'm praying for joy. Well, guess what? You're going to go through some tragedies in life in order to learn how to have some joy in tragedy. I'm praying for peace. Well, you're going to run into a lot of chaos. Usually, we learn something the opposite way. You're not going to learn patience laying down on the beach in Hawaii. You're going to learn patience standing in line somewhere. Believe me, I've prayed it before. I've been in long lines. Man, my wife has been with me. She goes, I think God's trying to teach you patience. <laughs> I'm just sitting there thinking, oh, my goodness. I don't know. I, 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 just, I just refuse to believe that, but I think she's right. It always happens. So I'm going to go to this next point. I told you what you need to know. Now I need to teach you how to handle your problem. This is where a lot of us this morning really get into a problem because I'm talking about fireproof faith 
And one of the things is we've got to learn how to handle our problems. He said, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials. He said, basically, he's telling you to rejoice. Now, don't misunderstand what he's not saying. He's not saying be fake. He's not saying put a plastic smile. He's not saying pretend. He's not being saying be excessively optimistic. God is not telling us to deny reality. That is not, he's not saying that. He's not saying that the more you suffer, the better off you are. But he's not saying, he's not, re, he's not saying rejoice for the problem, but rejoice in the problem. Consider it pure joy, okay? In other words, we got to be able to thank God even in the problem and in the, in the circumstance. Let me read you another scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you in Jesus Christ. In everything, not for everything. We're not thanking God for leukemia. We're not thanking God for cancer. We're not thanking God for the virus. We're not thanking God. No, it, it says in when it's happening to you, realize you're not alone, that God is with you. You're not by yourself. He says, in everything, give thanks. It means we thank God no matter what the circumstances are, what the situation is. You may, you may have not caused it. Maybe someone else did. Maybe the enemy got. Maybe it was a bad decision you made. Whatever it may be, he says, thank God in the situation because God can cause that to cause your growth. And really what makes the difference is your attitude. He's saying count it pure joy or count it all joy, basically. He's He's saying rejoice. He's saying, again, we need to uh, consider it pure joy. You know what that word consider means? It means to deliberately make up your mind that, you know what, I'm going to set my heart and look forward to what God is doing despite the circumstance. Consideration is a choice. It's a choice that I decide what I'm going to do in this situation. I'm going to consider it. He said, consider it pure joy. I like what Charles Swindoll said. He said, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react. 90%. Some of us this morning, it's 90% what happens to us and 10% how we react. It's only 10% of what's happening to you. The rest of it is how you react to it. What you decide you're going to do, how you're going to consider it. I was reading this story about this guy named Victor Frank. Uh, He was a Jewish psychologist. He spent time in foreign Nazi concentration camps, including Auschwitz in Germany. And this is what he said. He said, they stripped me naked. They took everything, my wedding ring, my watch. I stood there naked and all of a sudden realized at that moment, That although they could take everything away from me, my wife, my family, my possession, that they could not take away my freedom to choose how I would respond. Everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of human freedom is to choose one's attitude in any given circumstance. You choose how you're going to react. And you can choose, believe it or not, to rejoice in any given situation. Psalm 34, one said, I will bless the Lord at all time and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Even when I don't feel it, even when I don't see it, you're working. Hallelujah. You never stop 
you never stop working. So let me just say this. You can either, I've said it before, you can either get bitter or better. The difference between bitter and better is one letter, and that's I. It could just be about you, or could it be about eternity? It could just be about me, myself, and I, or it could be about, you can be brittle and bitter, or you can let it be make you better and build you. Hallelujah. You choose what you want to do. I want to read you this story. I've read this before. Some of you that heard it, you probably need to hear it again. If you've never heard it, pay attention. Because I, I think it's a great illustration of how you choose to respond to a circumstance in your life. It said, Jerry was the kind of guy that you love to hate. He was always in a good mood and always had something positive to say. When someone would ask him, how are you doing? He, re- he would reply, if I were any better, I would be twins. He was a unique manager, restaurant manager, because he had several waiters that whenever he had to go to another restaurant, they would follow him. The reason the waiters followed Jerry was because of his attitude. He was a natural motivator. If an employee was having a bad day, Jerry was there telling the employee how to look on the positive side of the situation. Seeing this style really made me curious. So one day I went to Jerry and I asked him, I don't get it. You can't be a positive person all the time. How do you do it? And Jerry replied, each morning I wake up and I say to myself, you have two choices. You can be in a good mood or you can choose to be in a bad mood. I choose to be in a good mood. Each time something bad happens, I can choose to be a victim or I could choose to learn from it. I choose to learn from it. Every time someone comes to me complaining, I can choose to accept their complaining or I can point out the positive side of life. I can choose the positive. I choose the positive side of life. And I said to him, yeah, right. Life is the, I don't believe that. And Jerry said, life is about choices. When you cut away all the junk, every situation is a choice. You choose how you react to situation. You choose how people will affect your mood. You choose in a good mood or a bad mood. The bottom line is your choice how you live your life. And he said this, I reflected on what Jerry said. Soon after, I, I left the restaurant business and I started my own business. But several years later, he said he, he had heard that Jerry did something that you're not supposed to do in the restaurant business. He left the back door open. He left the back door open one morning and he was held up at gunpoint by three armed robbers. While, they were, while he was trying to open his, the safe, his hand was shaking nervously and it flipped on, on, on the combination. The robbers panicked and they shot him. Luckily, Jerry was found relatively quickly and they rushed him to the trauma center. And after 18 hours of surgery and weeks of intensive care, Jerry was released from the hospital with fragments of bullets still in his body. He said, I saw Jerry about six months after the accident. And when I asked him how he was doing, he said, if I was any better, I'd be twins. <laughs> he said, you want to see my scars? I declined to see his scars, but did ask him uh, what had gone through his mind when the robbery took place. He said, the first thing that went through my mind is I should have locked the door, the back door. Then as I was laying on the floor, I remembered I had two choices. I could choose to live or I could choose to die. 
and I chose to live. He said, weren't you scared? Uh, uh, did you lose consciousness? And he, uh, and the, he goes, wow, Jeremy, uh, Jerry continued. He said, the paramedics were great. They kept telling me I was going to be fine. But when they wheeled me into the emergency room, I saw the expressions on the faces of doctors and nurses. And I got really scared because in their eyes, I could see them saying, he's a dead man. I knew I had to take action. He said, so there was this big burly nurse shouting questions at me. She asked if I was allergic to anything. And I replied, yes. And everybody was quiet. And I took a deep breath and I said, I'm allergic to bullets. (laughs) And everybody was laughing. And through their laughter, I said, I'm alive. I'm not dead. Take me to surgery as if I'm going to live. Wow. See, I'm getting choked up. He said this. Um, He said, Jerry lived thanks to the skills of his doctors but also because of his amazing attitude. I learned from him that every day we have a choice to live fully uh, after all, or attitude after all is everything. That's what I call a good attitude. So your attitude makes a difference. Through the trial, through the battles that you're going through, through everything that's happening in your life, you've got to choose. You've got to decide. Am I going to let what's happening to me destroy me? Or am I I going to allow this thing to develop me? The second thing you need to go through today, and I'm going to go through real quickly, is you need to pray. Say pray. Of all the times we need to pray, pray when you've got some problems. The Bible says there in James chapter 1, verse 5, If any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So you ought to pray for wisdom in the middle of the problem. Don't waste the opportunity to grow. Maybe God is trying to show you something. And friend, if you don't learn it, you're going to have to take another lap around. Did you know that? If you don't learn from instruction, you'll learn from experience. I've learned this morning, man, I'm going to learn from instruction rather than experience. And so many times what happens is we get overwhelmed with the problem instead of asking God for wisdom. You know, wisdom is looking through God's point of view, saying, God, what do I need to learn here? Many times we're asking why rather than what? God, what do you want me to learn from this? What do you need me to change in my life? What attitude do I need to have here? What is it that I need to develop? And the third thing is that we need to relax a little bit and chill out. You need to rest in God and know that he's still in control. Can you say amen? It says in verse 6, it says, when he asked, he must believe and not doubt. We got to believe and not doubt. Now, I know there's many of you here today, you're going through problems, you're going through trials, you're going through battles, and you're wondering what in the world am I going to do? What, what's going to happen? And you've got to ask God for wisdom because let me just say this to you. God cares. I said God cares about your life. He cares about what's going on. If I can have the worship team come up. What I mean by that, the Bible says that God knows every hair on your head. He's very detailed about your life. He knows what's happening today. He's in control. He's not a God that's looking the other way. He's a miracle worker. 
Don't let your problem defeat you. Don't let your problem destroy you. God is more interested many times in building your character. There's things that God is doing in the midst of your problem. There's things that God is doing despite all of these things. And when you endure the trial of your faith and you endure the trial, friend, you're going to come out not that. You know what? A failure is someone that doesn't quit. Failure isn't someone that falls. It's someone that doesn't quit. Someone that gets back up again. And that's what it means today. Yeah, we're going to have some times of discouragement. There's going to be some times that, man, we're going to take a blow. But, friend, as long as it doesn't cause you to quit, but it causes you to bounce back. I say, God, I'm going to trust you. I don't understand it all, but, God, I know your hand is involved. And I'm going to read the last verse of Scripture, James 1.12. Blessed is the man who preserves under trial. When he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those that love him. God says there's a reward. When you endure the trial, when you endure the flames, when you endure all the affliction, there's a reward coming, my friend. There is a reward coming your way. God's going to turn it around for the good. I want us to bar heads right now. Holy Spirit, we thank you right now. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, many of us, there are many people here, they're going through the fire. They're going through problems. There are all kinds of things. My heart goes out to them, Lord. Many of them are aching. Many of them are in pain right now. I pray they'll maintain a good spirit and a good attitude despite their situation. That, Lord, they will seek your wisdom and your guidance, not their own wisdom. But, God, that they will persevere. Faith that's going to hang in there despite the circumstances. Because, God, you're a rewarder. You're, you're a God that helps us through. And so I pray for the strength and the power of God throughout every, all this place, every individual. But perhaps you're here and you don't know the Lord. You've never given your life to Jesus. I'll be honest with you this morning. Without God, you don't have a chance. You need God in your life. You need the Lord to come in your life and forgive you of your sin. You need an encounter with the Lord today. You need to invite Jesus in your life. So without the Lord in your life today, you're sitting here right now and say, man, I need him right now. Would you raise your hand and say, that's me. I need the Lord in my life right now. Is there anyone at all right now? You be honest with God. Be honest with yourself right now. Just let me know. Just say, you know what, Pastor, that's me. I need Jesus in my life right now. I, I want to invite the Lord in my life. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand. Maybe you were once walking with God, but maybe, maybe you're one of these. As I talked about, some things that caused you to be discouraged, some things that caused you to be diverted. You walked away from God. Maybe that trial got the best of you. But God said, come on back. Come on back. Over here. God bless you. Thank you. Anybody else today? You need the Lord. You say, man, I need to come back to Jesus. I need to come back to Jesus. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. Hallelujah. If you're online right now, I want to just tell you that your opportunity today to receive Jesus in your life, let him come in your heart. He loves you and cares about you. He loves you, friend. He'll never forsake you. 
Whatever you're going through, whatever battle, don't blame God. Realize that this world has sin. As long as we're on in this world, there's going to be problems, there's going to be issues. But it's not God's fault, friend. It's, it sin's the problem. Our own decisions sometimes. Life happens. But God's there with us today. He's there to help you. So I pray today you'll receive him in your life today. I pray you'll ask him in your heart. If you're watching online right now, just pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, just say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new person. Change my life in Jesus' name. If you've done that, if you prayed that prayer, let us know. But I want us to stand to our feet today. And this morning, as we sing, as we worship right now, maybe you're going through some battles. Maybe you're going through some problems. Maybe you're going through some crisis today. And you need God to help you. Maybe right now, you've got a wrong attitude. You're playing the victim. Rather than saying, you know what, I need to learn from this. I need to realize, I need to, I need to mature, I need to grow up. I need to stop using this excuse. I need to stop blaming everybody else for all of my problems and realize that maybe God's trying to develop me. Maybe I'm supposed to start growing. Maybe I'm supposed to change my attitude about everything and trust God a little bit more. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount. Or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.